I'm the shit Nick fucking Gage, and you motherfuckers know how I start this shit off. Shout out to all my murders that killed gang members around the fucking world. Shout out to all my boys locked down in the cell, Eastern Block. And shout out to my hate club, R.I.P., Big Nate Hatred, and R.I.P., my motherfucking brother Justice Payne. I want to give an MDK shout out to my gang member, Count It Out Podcast. Check them out, CountItOut7.com, motherfuckers. And if more you motherfuckers don't check them out, I'll put my steam ass on with a weapon in my motherfucking hand and chase you motherfuckers down and force you to listen to it. You motherfuckers know what it is. It's MDK all motherfucking day. Well, we are live, pals, and welcome to another edition of the Bill After Seal of Approved, Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. My name is Tyler, and I am joined by the legendary Mojito Mike. Mike, how the hell are you doing, buddy? Oh, fuck it. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm fucking exhausted. Uh, This has been a few weeks for me. This has been a month. This has been fucking crazy shit. uh, you know broken record deal thing everybody knows this by now if you listen to the show both tyler and i work in restaurants so you know that every time a rule changes here in ontario uh the first people to get shit on is the restaurateurs so uh yeah so so that's been fun uh dealing with the whole vaccination passport shit and then uh it was my kid's third birthday uh this week so uh yeah. he will he will never hear this but happy birthday to my boy finn Hey, maybe um, one day he will go back to the archives when, yeah, maybe. when when him and my future child are doing Count It Out with <laughs> yeah, Finn and insert me here. Finn bull, and Owen. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. But by the time he's that age, they're going to be like, what's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's going to be different, something totally different. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? It sounds like you're riding high coming off of Finn's birthday, which is fantastic. Uh, I'm just I'm just super tired, but uh, dude, let's be honest, man. I worked hard on this list this week. Yeah. Uh, um, I worked harder on this list than I did at my own job. I did work harder on this list oh. than I did preparing for my son's birthday. Uh, I, I I put two weeks. What's worth the list? Of, uh, well, we announced it last week, so it's not a it's not a mystery. I oh, am yeah. doing... nobody listened to our show last week, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am listening. I am listing off the top seven. Um, last man standing matches mm. i watched 32 matches let's go to prepare for this list um and here's the problem it should have been 33 i fucked up i missed a big match so i'm gonna f- put full disclosure out right now that this list could have been different maybe who knows I am not going to be discussing the match from Evolution tonight with uh, Charlotte versus Becky. Oh, I thought you were going to have time to sneak it in. I guess not. Uh, I I remind you that one. By the time you reminded me, it was already my last day of work. I was off to the cottage. I was in birthday mode. No time to watch watch that match. I have seen it. 
but not since the day um, it aired. And I felt it unfair to put it up against all these other matches I watched without giving it a fair rewatch like I did all these matches. So, so this match has been disqualified from being involved in the list only because I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. Um, but every <clears throat> other match we're going to talk about today, be it on the list or be it a, uh, uh, an honorable mention or even a dishonorable mention, because God knows there's a few of those. Um, every one of those match- matches I watched in its entirety. Well, that's in nice. the last two weeks. Yeah. I want you to tell a story here in a minute, but before you do that, I just want to, um, I just want to kind of do a little poke here in front of the show. Uh, Barry wrestling promoter, Sean Gibson. I'm wearing a Cincinnati Bengals jersey <laughs> right now, this sweater, and my beloved Bengals whoop the shit out of our arch rival Pittsburgh Steelers. I just got to put it over because we don't beat them a lot. And Sean, if you're listening, uh, please let me at your next show still. Okay. <laughs> the, I, I think the only thing Sean hates more than your sweater is my hat. So it's all that good. That is fair. That is fair. <laughs> you know what everybody loves, though? Take a look at this bad boy right here. Mm-hmm. That is the brand new that- Chinlock Wrestling. I know you can't really see it because of the glare, but uh, right on the top there, Chinlock Wrestling. Count it out, Mike and Tyler. Mike, where do people find this? Well, people can find it if you're in the Kingston uh, and or Belleville area. Uh, in Kingston, you can find it at Gino's Pizzeria uh, in uh, Amherst, uh, Amherst um, or you can find it at in Belleville at Jaybird uh, Digital Arts, uh, who Jaybird, a um, guy named Jason Rees, is the guy who made the uh, uh, made the calendar phenomenal work. If you're not in Belleville or Kingston, uh, but you're still a fan of Chinlock Wrestling, or you just or want to, support, or or you want to support Canada out, or you want to support our boy Danny Franchise, who's in that so thing cool. no less than three fucking times. Yes, uh, yeah, baby. Um, if if you want to support uh, any any of us, um, you can reach out to us, and we'll tell you how to get one. Or you can reach out to Jaber Digital Arts, and and he'll 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 mail you out one. He already did it for a friend of the show, uh, uh, Rob. Yeah, uh, I I told I told Rob to give Jay a shout. He did it within minutes. In a few days, he had his calendar at his house. Absolutely. So if you, yeah. And Rob, so if your you're a fan of wrestling, absolutely. If you're a fan of of Chinlock Wrestling, uh, you're a fan of Counted Out, you need this calendar. It's big. Okay, so after we've got the housekeeping out of the way on www.countout7.com, of course, subscribe to YouTube. Okay, housekeeping's out of the way. Um, Before we get into your list here, I want to bring back something that we we, we haven't done in a little while. Normally, we we do like a hypothetical question, right? But since you're doing last man standing matches, it's really hard to do a hypothetical Easy for me to say, six white claws later, or cottage strings later. Um, it's really hard to do hypothetical about that. So I want to have a discussion with you a little bit here. And uh, this is something I, I have to uh, tip my cap over and give a shout out to our friends at uh, Universal Wrestling Podcast, who are celebrating their one-year anniversary, one-year birthday. Uh, myself and Jonah from Relive, Rewind, Recap, and James from that 90s wrestling podcast. We, we joined them for their celebration. Uh, I did my very best Michael Scott from the office impersonation of singing happy birthday for them. We had a lot of great conversations, but there's something that we talked about that I would love to talk about with you. And I would love to get your opinion on it. Uh, The the topic of NXT 2.0 came up. 
Okay. okay. Now um, I know I know you haven't watched any of it. No, and, I, you, I have. And neither I've have seen, I. I. I've seen clips here and there, but I haven't watched the full episode. So what I want to ask you is, um, you know, they're they're changing complete direction. Vince yeah. wants to focus more on getting these big characters back. You know what I mean? And it's almost kind of like a throwback to the Ohio Valley wrestling kind yeah, of days. Definitely. Do you think that this change is warranted? And if you're taking a look at what NXT has produced for the WWE's main roster, has NXT been a failure or a success? Oh, I'll start with that question. It's been an unmig- uh, like an unprecedented success, a, a 1,000% success. Okay. Uh, the, and yeah, what's your I, reasoning? Even, even the guys who failed on the main roster are still well known they've gone other places they, they they've done their thing here's it's giving guys and, and we'll get to this in a minute because of the 2.0 thing of the changes but up until now from i'd say the beginning of the dusty era of nxt mm-hmm. until until just a few weeks ago one of the things i loved that nxt did was they took guys who were indie darlings, guy, guy, guys who, who hit that indie ceiling and just weren't going any higher. They took those guys and gave them a platform yeah. and, let them, and let them shine on the WWE banner without, because for a long time, it didn't feel like a deve- developmental program. Mm-hmm. It, it was a better program than Ron SmackDown. Well, they did, they did push it as a third you know, brand for a long exa- time as well. Right? Ex- exactly. So when you, you know, you're having these guys and it starts off Go straight to the beginning of the uh, of the Dusty era, and you're starting off guys with John Moxley and Tyler Black. You know, you're starting off strong with these guys, and then you know Prince Devitt, and then later down the road you have Samoa Joe and yeah, and all these huge indie names are coming over, and the place to be is NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I would say it was 100 success. The other question you asked was, is the changes warranted? I'm going to be, let, let, let me say straight off, I'm not against these changes, okay? What I'm about to say does not mean I'm, I'm against the, the, the changes. But the question is, do I think they were warranted? And the answer has to be no. I don't think they were at a point where they needed the changes yet. Um you know, one of the big changes they're making, if they just wanted to do a brand change, you know, change the logo, you know, do a little thing here and there, whatever. It's not the first time the XD logo's changed. You know what I mean? Fine. But you're changing the brand completely. You're changing the name of it. You're changing the feel of it. And the biggest change is the one that I'm not a fan of is you are no longer uh, going to be digging into the Indies for, for your talent. That is an extreme sad thing to me because there's still mm-hmm. so much untapped talent on the Indies. And to let them go undiscovered now, um, just to build your own talent. And what does that even mean at this point? Because if you're not going to the Indies, where are you getting them from? Well, I don't think it doesn't mean that they're going to still take indie talent, but I, I think that they're shifting how the program is going to be now. You're going to see a lot more characters. They want the big boys and, back again. And I and I have no... I, I, yeah, I do feel like they want to go for this like 80s, 90s feel. And, and I'm not against that at all, which is why I said I, I'm not against the change. Um, I just... 
when you just like I said, when you ask the question, is it warranted? I'll be honest, I've been kind of off the product for for the mm -hmm. last year, but That's COVID, but 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 I don't blame NXT for that. I blame the fact that COVID just kind of killed my 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 momentum. Um, I was having a hard time with the whole Thunderdome thing and stuff like that, right? Mm. So 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 it, I kind of just stopped watching, and at no point was I like. You know, even when they started competing with uh, with AEW, at no no point was I ever like, ah, I'm not into NXT anymore. So for them to be like, okay, people don't like this anymore, let's change it. I, I found that very strange. Yeah, I found that I found the timing odd. They're still they still have their guys there. You know, um, Champ is their world champion. Uh, Kushida, or, uh, Roderick Strong is now the cruiserweight champion. He just beat Kushida the other day. Which yeah, I, Roddy Strong, let's go. By the way, I, I mean, I don't think Champion or Gar Gargano are ever going to leave that brand ever. No, uh, Gargano's no, contract no, is coming be. up. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are speculating that WWE might not even try to resign him. Fuck that! That'd be a shame. It would be, but you know what? What else is left for him to do? I, I don't see him going to the main roster and doing. I don't. Anything. Nor does he want to. Nor do I no. want him to. And, but... and he's done everything there is to do in NXT. He's been everything. Is there anything I, left for him to do in NXT? He's been I, I every champion twice, three times over. No, there's still stories to be told. I, I I don't understand the concept of there's nothing left to do. That's like so, so. That's like saying somebody who's been in in WWE for 20 years, they might as well hang it up because there's nothing left for them to do. I mean, I think there might be more of a ceiling in NXT though in WWE. Like, there, what what more? Can... I think I I think as long as long as you're in a wrestling promotion and you're succeeding in there. There's always stories to be told. And at the end of the day, and I don't give a fuck what anybody's going to say to me about this. At the end of the day, professional wrestling is about storytelling. Absolutely. And, and there's still, there's always going to be stories to tell. I don't care how long you're there. You know, as it, the measure of success is how many times you can tell a great story. You know, for me, and I, I think, guys... and I think Gargano has a lot of stories left in him. For me, you know, and I might backtrack a little bit here because I think for a guy like Gargano and a guy like Champa, I think that their role now could be to work with this next wave of people and, and get them and ready. To get these guys over. 100%. You know, player coaches, right? Yeah. Uh, Gargano's got a lot less in his tank. Champa mm -hmm. is a lot more banged up. He's got a lot more yeah. miles on him, you know, his next injuries, right? But player coaches are huge. He's, he's got a lot, lot to teach, though, too. 100% he does. Yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to kind of go a little bit different in your approach here. But before I give my opinion, I want to start off by saying that I think it is safe to say over the last five, six, seven years, the highlight of the WWE brand in general has been NXT. I, 100%. I think put on the best takeover, you know, their takeover pay-per-views. Takeovers they're, they're... Were, were better than the majority of the pay-per-views other than maybe the, the big four. But... I think it's time for a change. And I'm going to say this not for any fault of NXT, but they have not created a star that has come to the main roster and changed them. Now, whether that's poor booking, whether that's there, nobody, nobody's come up and moved the needle. Nobody's come up and pushed ratings. Nobody's drawing an audience in. I'd argue for Seth Rollins. I'd, I'd, I'd argue Seth for the Rollins shield. started in uh, SCW. Uh, Seth had a uh, cup uh, of coffee in NXT. Well, the Shield were pretty. I'd argue for. I'd argue for all three members of the Shield, especially Roman Reigns. I would argue for uh, Bray Wyatt. 
What did Bray Wyatt do? Did he move ratings? You're goddamn right he did. He was a he fucking one of the big... ratings. I listen. I, I love Bray Wyatt. I, I, I'm not I taking away. To differ. I'm not taking away. Was, I'm not taking he was a away hell from of a draw. Bray. But he didn't draw numbers. The raw, the raw numbers haven't done anything. They've been. They're, he they're, put. He sold tickets. He sold T-shirts. The brand he made is the, selling. He, he made, sold merchandise. Yes, he, he was made, a huge merchandise draw. He made the the point of the matter is he made the company money. He did. He he made the company merchandise money. So 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 who the fuck are you now, Chris Jericho? All you give a fuck is is, is the ratings of a weekly TV show. Um, what I it's not about ratings, though, Mike. What I'm saying that's is exactly that's what I'm what saying. I, what I'm saying is that the WWE is the draw. There's nobody on their roster, whether it's from NXT or WWE. Oh, that, that and people are tuning in to watch. Yeah, but that, that whose fault is that? Everybody's fault. No, it's one person's fault. Vince flat out fucking does not want anybody to be bigger than the company ever again. He never wants to create, and this has been documented by a lot of insiders. He does never, he never wants another John Cena. He never wants another Stone Cold Steve Austin. He never wants another Hulk Hogan. He never wants anybody bigger than the banner. And as soon and, and we've seen it, and we've it is a big problem, a hundred percent. And we have seen this a thousand times. Every single time one of those guys starts getting fucking big, what happens to them? They bring them down. Exactly. But that's not oh. NXT's problem. That, that's not NXT's fault. That's not the, the talent's fault. That's not the fans' fault. That is that is Vince McMahon, Nick Khan, whoever the fuck else is in that little office, uh, uh, um, be you know, being afraid. Of letting somebody be that big again, which is idiotic. We've talked about this on the show before. Um, if it's organic, let it happen. Mm-hmm. The best. Now listen, I think the booking has been the biggest downfall with the WWE. I think the start-stop booking. But, a but guy like NXT. Keith Lee and NXT, but but NXT wasn't the you know NXT was the best product the WWE was doing. It's not even this a question. Is, this this is my point. This, so so I don't know why NXT needs this change all of a sudden when it was the it had the best booking of it all. But they're not making you know, any stars for the main roster. No, that's bullshit. It's not that they're not making any stars. They're holding those stars back. Listen, the, these guys are coming up, and, and I think a lot of it is bad booking. I'm not going to argue that point. I think a lot of it is bad booking. Look at Kieran Cross. is a great example. Great in, NXT, example. in NXT, his entrance, his Scarlet, all of that was fantastic. Well, now he comes up to the main roster to looking like Psycho Sid and the Gimp from Pulp Fiction had a fucking love child. And it's terrible. But, like... Pro- point in case. A man who should be... By all means, one of the biggest names in, in, in company history, and the company won't let it happen. That's a man named Finn Balor. Keith Lee, you could argue too. One thousand percent. And even though I'm personally not a fan, a lot of people are. You can make the argument for Nakamura as well. I think Nakamura is that that guy's charisma city. Like, um, if it wasn't for his injuries, I'd say that they could have, should have pushed Samoa Joe as high as humanly possible but they, yeah. but even without his injuries i don't think they would have Man, done they, it they had a lot of good years with samoa joe where they could have pulled that trigger yeah so right? it's like i'm not him and brock anybody fought five minutes on great balls of fire two weeks in a row we talked about great balls of fire i don't know for me i'm gonna give this change i'm gonna give it the chance because mm-hmm. I, I i think i think it's time now you know oh, and i'm, I'll give I'm it a chance. 
I'm looking at the main roster though, Mike, and, and I know it's an unpopular opinion. And listen, I love all these guys. And for me, NXT is the only thing that I really want to watch in the WWE right now. Minus a couple guys. I really enjoy, I do enjoy SmackDown. I do try to follow SmackDown a little bit. Um, but I just, you know, you look at what OVW was when they made it more of a developmental territory. They, they took that NXT from developmental, made it a brand again but nobody's coming up to the main roster and clicking with their audience, whether that's poor booking or whether that's the talent that can be argued, but they haven't created a superstar, you know, look at OVW, Cena, Brock, uh, Orton. Um, what's the other one I missed? There's the big four either way. Batista, sorry, Batista. Thank you. Um, these guys came through the developmental with OVW and, and they became superstars. Now they were, and, and they weren't booked great to begin with either. Cena flopped at the beginning or oh, hey. getting Batista and right? the only one, the only one who got the rocket right away was Brock. Yeah. And, yeah. and Brock was booked the way he should have been Brock booked because mm-hmm. he's special. And that's what everyone's saying about this Bronson guy now too. And NXT Rick Steiner's kid. Right. right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I would you I, like to know who say... I think is, is the breakout right now in NXT? Uh, what's I, I her think face? Frankie Mobster or whatever. I do. Don't get me wrong. I love me some uh, some Tal- whatever, uh, so Frankie some Monet or whatever yeah, the yeah, fuck yeah, her yeah. name is. I don't know. I love I love me some Ty Valkyrie. I do. But no, my my big breakout is uh, Dexter Loomis. Yeah, he's been fun, man. I I want to yeah. go back and watch his the wedding angle they did. It got rave yeah. reviews. I haven't watched it yet. I, I, I like to watch yeah. it, but it, it's yeah. on my long list of things to do. Much like you had a long list this week. You got any <laughs> other? Final points that you want to put on this NXT conversation? No, man. Let's put a pin in this and call it to be continued because yeah. I, I I think there's a lot to talk about this. You know, um, I want to hear from you guys really too. I, I know no one. I know, like we always say, oh, most of just whatever. I want to hear from the people. I want to hear what you guys think about NXT. I want to hear if it's been a failure, if it's been a success, if it was just a great brand but it never transitioned to the main roster. I want to know whose side you guys are on here. Are you with Mike for the success? Were you? Are you with me where they didn't create a superstar? Last question before we move on. Your your thoughts about the new logo? It looks like Nickelodeon. I, I don't think like, I don't like it personally, but I I'm fine with it because of the direction they seem to be going. Yeah, and you know it, what? It, 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 if they really want to go down that that colorful. Um, character driven 90s-esque route then that's a that's a very fitting logo i agree i agree and i think and i I, despite what i've just said about everything nxt related i think just because i love the nxt brand so much over the last Mm -hmm. six seven years i i don't like this change but from a business standpoint i agree with the change and i think now uh, correct me if i'm wrong they're not doing anything like they haven't destroyed the lineage of the titles no, no, everything's okay. still, yeah, well, um, that's still good. I truly hope they continue with the Dusty Classic. Me too. Um, that is a big part of NXT to me, and I think it never goes away. Um, and But my second question, because I haven't been paying attention, did they do anything to the UK brand? No, or still, is it, or it's still, still the exactly same. the same? Okay. Still the same. Apparently, William Regal's son has joined the UK brand. Uh, I, I heard he had a couple matches uh, this week. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. All right. Um, before I get into my list, you did ask me to tell a story. So Please I will tell, tell me the story, story. about uh, your notes. Tell the story. I, I got to take a quick piss while you do this, okay? So, so I have a special notebook, my counted out notebook. I have all my notes and all my lists and everything is in this notebook. 
And this is the longest, hardest list I've ever done. This list, like I told, like I said earlier, I watched 32 matches for this list. And I made notes on every single match, whether I liked it, whether I didn't. Every single match was noted on. It was color-coded for, like, whether or not it was a shoe in for the list or a, a shoe in for, for not on the list or, 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 or maybe an honorable mention, it, like everything was so concise. It was the most organized I've ever been for one of these lists. And then um, on my last day of work before going on a, a, a bit of a break for my son's birthday, <laughs> it was Friday morning and uh, I had, I had my list with me. My boss asked me to go to the grocery store to get a couple things that we needed for the store. I did so. And somehow I left my book at the grocery store. <laughs> so it is gone, never to be seen again. And all those notes are gone too. So I hope my memory, I, I take these concise notes because my memory is shot. My memory is completely gone. Uh, so if I don't have those notes, I, I, I never know what I'm talking about. So unfortunately i don't know if i'll be able to go as in detail as i planned on all these matches but it is what it is uh i tried to i tried to get some uh as fast as i could some more notes right before we went on air but uh it is what it is at least i remember the order of my list and that's saying something considering my shitty memory listen just so everybody knows like mike i'm so proud of you because you did put in so much effort on this list. I don't think I've ever been more excited for one of your lists than this one because of the effort you put into it. You know, sometimes sometimes there's weeks where you and I kind of forget to put our list together and we're doing it on the fly. A little bit of... Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's ever we forget. Yeah. So much going in a week. Oh, well, there goes your mic. That's okay. Yeah, there. No, no, it's okay. Good. Keep it going. I'm, good. I'm, not, I'm not editing. Okay. Uh, can you hear me? No, oh, yeah, you're perfect. Keep it going. All right. Sometimes, All sometimes right. we just don't have the time to put the effort into this. How about that? Exactly. Like, there's so much going on in a week, and I'm like, oh, I got time. 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 Before you know it, it's fucking Monday morning, and I haven't put a list together yet. Yeah. So, yeah. And there, so yeah, we but, record usually on Monday night. But, but two weeks ago, we were doing your um, submission. So your was it your CM Punk list? I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was your CM Punk list, and. I don't even know why we brought up a last man standing conversation. Uh, for some reason, we were talking about last man standing matches. And I said, I want to do that. I think we were off air talking about this. I said, I want to do a last man standing match. And you said, you better like give yourself a few weeks. Yeah. Said, you get so ambitious sometimes. Yeah. So, you're so cute. Like you're like, I'm going to do, <laughs> I'm going to do the best Briscoe brothers matches. And you give yourself three days to try to do 20 years of Briscoe. So yeah. Mike, but this time, I've got to say, like, so, I was so, really impressed because you told me, Mike, you told me I have a schedule. I have 34 matches to watch. I've highlighted everything, color coded, and, and you fucking lost it. <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, man. But here we are. I've got it. It's in its proper order. I did, um, I did, like I said, forget to watch one match. So we will not be talking about Charlotte versus Becky here today. But other than that, uh, I mean, we can speculate later where we think it would fall on the list, if at all. But uh, but this is the list as it as it as it lays. I'm excited for this match because a lot. I surprised myself with this mat with this list. A lot of the 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 matches I thought would go on the list right away, kind of didn't, and the matches that did 
I was surprised by my reasoning for liking last man standing matches. I think has changed in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. I like a good last man standing match to tell a hell of a story. Uh, very much like a couple of weeks when we were doing my submission match list. You know, I want a story in there um, and I need a good finish. Uh, but most importantly, I want the story to, to be just above the violence. Mm-hmm. It's a last man standing match. So it's got to be violent. Yeah. And, and the build up has I, to be good to get. But, it, but I don't want the violence to override the story they're telling between those bells. And I found a lot of these matches, especially, especially the impact ones I watched, um, the story gets lost and uh, sloppy uh, to the point where sometimes you don't even know what the rules are anymore because like the fucking referee will, especially this is impact. I'm talking about a lot of it. Uh, uh, the, the referee will forget the count or, or, or he'll count one guy and not the other. Like it's yeah. so sloppy, so fucking sloppy. The matches I chose today are because they tell a great story, but they're also they like entertaining as fuck. I thought I'd have seven bloodbaths. I don't. I'm interested. Before before you give me your number seven, let me ask you one last question here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is going to be a spoiler alert one then, okay? What was one or two matches, whatever you want to say here, that you thought for sure were going to be on your list, and after a rewatch, it just didn't hold up to your memory? Um, Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho, uh, mm-hmm. from, from a raw in the UK, uh, just didn't hold up. Um, and, uh, Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget the pay-per-view. Benoit and Jericho. It might've been a backlash yeah. or a judgment but, day maybe. But, uh, but, um, their match was decent. It wasn't great. It was decent, but two things ruined it for me. Um, the fans, for one, the fans ruined it for me by uh, they spent the whole time trying to get themselves over and uh, and booing. Um, what's his face? Uh, Earl Hebner uh, and, and chanting, we want Brett and, and you screwed Brett. This match happened in like 2005 or something. Uh, Brett hadn't come back yet. And Brett's been gone for fucking eight years. Why are you fucking doing this now? Why? Canadians hold grudges. It wasn't in Canada. It was in New fucking Hampshire. <laughs> if that match happened in Montreal, I would have almost forgiven it. That match was fucking in New Hampshire, dude. And yeah. Hey, listen, I got into an argument with Brian Hebner at the Sudbury Arena in Sudbury, Ontario, because his dad screwed Bret Hart. Fuck the Hebners. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm the Hebners. And then- and then you bought a title back uh, a title belt at the back of his car (laughs) (laughs) brian hebner when i was yelling at him said listen buddy i don't come to mcdonald's and bother you where you work yes and i was like fuck you you're a hebner you deserve it (laughs) that's amazing i also let billy Um, gunn have it that night as well he deserved it too there are a lot of other matches that uh I was surprised I didn't make the list, but I'm not going to talk about them now because I want you guys to expect them to be on my list. All right. Well, you know what, man? I need to know. I need to get into this. What is the number seven, man? Hit me up. Top seven number- last man standing matches. Michael Walsh number- has put a lot of work in. No, no, I'm not done putting you over yet. You put a lot of work <laughs> in. 
lost your highlighter book. You watched 34 matches. I'm super proud of you, and I love you for it. Hit me with your number seven now. My number seven, um, I forget. I Honestly, I forgot to read down the year. I forget what year it is, but it's from the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, and it's the Big Show versus Roman Reigns. I love this match. This match surprised the fuck out of me. I think we mentioned uh, a week or two ago that I'm not a big fan of, of Big Show. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. Uh, he's not one of my favorite guys. And this is Roman when he's just kind of climbing up. This is not fucking 2021 Roman Reigns here. So on paper, this match should not be as good as it is. Uh, but it's phenomenal. It's a lot of fun. Um, a lot of really cool, like a lot of great table shot. Uh, t- uh, table spots during the match a lot of great punches and stuff like that like showing off the size of these two guys yeah 2015 Uh, by the way thank you i knew it was in that era um a part that made me laugh just because obviously somebody was playing a joke (laughs) big show goes to tear the fucking commentary table apart and he grabs jbl's notebook and he goes who who the fuck wrote the big show has to lose weight (laughs) Uh, at least JBL had his notebook for the show. He didn't leave it at the superstar. <laughs> yeah, no shit. And then JBL's like, King, why would you write that? And then King's like, King's like it's your notebook. <laughs> I love JBL. You know, a lot of people, by the way, just a sidebar for a second. A lot of people are have the shit on JBL for a long time. I highly, highly recommend listening to his podcast with JL Briscoe. I think you're going to see him in a whole new light. I think he realizes his uh, maturity level from from back then, and he does show remorse for it. And especially when you listen to the one that he did with the Blue Meanie, uh, really um, put Meanie over. You know, kind of said he was in the wrong without saying he was in the wrong, because of course, yeah, you know, you're still gonna be the tough guy. But yeah, uh, I've gained a whole new level of respect for JBL after listening to the plot. Man, uh, yeah, it, it, for me, it's a little hard now after his fucking horrible Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, it was not good, but. <laughs> this, this guy is like a, a little kid talking to some of these people on, and i don't know i just gained a whole new level of respect for him after listening to this podcast. i've uh i've only gotten a chance to listen to one episode so far which one did you listen steve, to i want to listen to the steve kern episode oh which, which so was good. so good so good i loved it uh i yeah. also recommend this podcast to anybody it's uh like i said i've only wanted to listen to it once but the one time was really good highly recommend listening to uh the Freebirds one the jimmy garvin solo one or the magnum ta one because they go into nice. some great drinking stories and all of them. <laughs> as, as honestly they're the premise of their podcast is they want to take it back to the old days of driving from town to town and shooting the shit in the car and yeah. fuck do they ever do it man it's it's so good it's my favorite podcast it's the only podcast i listen to that's you know uh not any of our colleagues obviously right of course, That's I also great. listen to the Classic Match Classroom. That's a great podcast, too. Oh, yeah. Where, where, where can you listen to that? I was thinking uh, maybe CountedOut7.com. CountedOut7.com, yeah. CMC. I don't know what it is. Anthony always does this thing. He's like, it's a CMC, uh, CM, CM Classroom yeah. on Twitter, not to be confused with CM Punk. And I, that's how I remembered that. Oh, okay. I don't know. Anthony does all that stuff. Good job, yeah. Anthony. You do a great job, buddy. We love you. Come on our show. Um, before we move on to my number six, I just want to finish up with, uh, with show versus Roman, uh, and talk about that, the, the, the excellent finish, um, where, uh, where there's a spear through, through the commentary tables and then Roman knows he doesn't have them yet. Roman knows 
that spear's not enough to put show down. So he takes that commentary table, topples it, topples it over on top of show, and stands on top of it. Fucking yeah. brilliant. What a great I, finish. I really love Roman Reigns during this period. And, and this yeah, is me where too. I, I thought Roman had a lot of good steam going in here. Um, and then he lost it. I don't know what it, why the people wouldn't take the Roman here. And I, I really thought that this match, and then the next month, uh, or maybe two months later with him and um, Randy Orton at SummerSlam, like these are just, Roman was on fire at this time period. And I don't know why people didn't take to him. And now they yeah. do. And he doesn't give a fuck because he's at a table. Sure. Exactly. The tribal chief, baby. All right. Well, that's a good number seven. I honestly thought this might be like your number five, four range. So I'm excited for your number six now. May, may, maybe my uh, my distaste for show keeps it at, at, at the seven. Fair. I, I do think this is my favorite big show match of all time. Yeah, I can I can see that. Uh, my number six is, uh, is again just a lot of fun. Um, I apologize for the second time for forgetting the year, but it does happen at the Royal Rumble pay per view. It's the opening match this year for the Inter- Intercontinental Ta- uh, Championship, and it's Kevin Owens versus Dean Ambrose. Nice. Yeah, I remember this match being a fucking banger too. Again, one of these matches where it's violent, but it's not stupid violent, and the violence doesn't take away from the story these two guys are telling. And 2016, this, this, by the way. Thank you. And the st- and the story is Kevin Owens just freshly is fresh off a of fucking loss to, to Dean Ambrose for that title, and it's driving him mad. He wants that title back, and he'll do anything he can. To, it's the it's the oldest it's the oldest story in the book you know and and it's 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 one of those stories that it can be told a thousand different ways and if you do it right it's it's one of the best stories of the night and and when you got two great storytellers like dean ambrose and uh kevin owens it almost couldn't go wrong mm-hmm. and not to mention these are two guys that do not shy away from putting their bodies on the line for it. For I was just going to say that. You just took the words right out of my mouth. These guys are notorious, especially Owens. Uh, I love Kevin Owens. I've heard him do interviews before where he always talks about these type of matches. Uh, and he always comes up with these like crazy ideas in his head. And then he's mm-hmm. like, but I'm always the guy that ends up taking them. <laughs> yeah. And he does. He always takes crazy bumps in these matches. I do remember this match being fantastic. I have not watched it back probably since it aired. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I did enjoy this one, and and it comes with a, a, a long line of great Royal Rumble last man standing matches too, because Del Rio and Big yeah. Show had a good one as well at the Royal Rumble. Hmm, that did not make my list, and I wonder why. A couple highlights from this match: a lot of great Kendo uh, Kendo stick shots, uh, but not just you know. Holy shit, that must have hurt Kendo shit shots. Creative Kendo shit sh- uh, stick shots uh, to the point where it breaks and he's and he's Nick gauging them and right in the gut and loving it. You say Nick Gage, uh, I can't believe this match was your number one. <laughs> wait, I should. It, it's made of wood, so he's not Nick gauging them. He's oh. uh, he's he's Magnum TAing them. Oh, there you go, there you go. And uh, stay tuned, Kendo, because Magnum TA will be on our list soon. Not tonight. <laughs> Not tonight. Not tonight. Oh, okay. Future <laughs> list. Future list. Uh, all right. I'm like, Future I'm like I don't have any last man standing match with Magnum, man. No, I'm uh, going to do a Magnum TA list this month. <laughs> Future 
another, I mean, we'll, we'll announce that. Another cool highlight of this match was uh, uh, Kevin Owens going for his cannonball and going right through the fucking security barrier. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. That was, that was really cool. Um, moving on to my number five. You know, uh, I, I talked about Owens and Ambrose being, you know, two master storytellers. We're moving on to number five, who I think are the best storytellers of, uh, of an era. Uh, and their feud is one of my favorite stories told in the mid 2000s. We're going to 2007. We're going to the Backlash pay-per-view and it's the Undertaker versus Batista. Oh man, nice. I I don't know if I've ever watched this match before, but I love this feud. I okay. love this feud. This feud, and this is this is backlash. This is coming right off through right off of Batista's loss at WrestleMania, right? Is this um? And, is this the match where it's like a double? It's like a no finish kind of. Okay, okay. So I want to get there. The match okay. itself, the match itself is really, really, really good. Like there's a lot of a lot of cool spots and stuff like that. A little bit of blood, not too much. Um, but the real the real magic happens at the finish. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm going to talk about this through the rest of this list. I'm going to talk about this a lot in my honorable mentions because a lot of matches didn't make my list for this reason. I fucking hate ties in a last man standing. I fucking hate them. Really good matches got kicked off my list because it ended in a tie. All right. Um, Spoiler alert. Shawn Michaels versus Triple H is not on my list tonight. Really? That match was good, I remember. But the finish was not enough for me. I just this, remember them both being carried on the stretcher. And I was like, yeah. respect this. I like they went to that. It was a great match. It was a great match. It's an honorable mention for sure. It it, it would have it was fighting for not my number seven spot, but I fucking hated the finish. Did they and both hate gushers in that match? Were they both? Oh hate- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I, I just hate ties in these matches. This is the one and only time I thought a draw worked mm-hmm. at the very end of the match they're up on that on the stage uh takers got batista up on his shoulder he's gonna throw him off the stage batista wriggles out pushes him hits a fucking spear both of them go flying up the stage they hit they hit the ground or like the wood barrier thing the lighting rig comes crashing down on top of them sparks are flying it's yeah. fucking it's nasty um i'm gonna be honest with you so so mickey um what's his name mickey henderson mickey, mickey used to be J? mickey j mickey j but in wwe they called him mickey henderson i think i think something like that yeah yeah um so he's the referee and he start, he he does the count if i'm booking this i said i i tell mickey to fuck off i i say you don't even count yeah, I I say you just bring in the EMTs and start digging these guys out right away. Don't even bother counting. Um, that took the magic away a little bit for me personally. Other than that, what a moment seeing that whole rig come down. Um, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, knowing that it was you know nobody was actually hurt. Uh, you know, getting the EMTs involved, everybody like digging these two guys out. They're selling it so well because the 10 counts going on and they're dead. 
You know what I love about this too, though? So this is, um, I'm, I'm going to kind of take this a little step further and talk about their whole rivalry right now. This is coming off of their amazing WrestleMania 23 match mm-hmm. where Undertaker beat Batista, right? So then they I'm, have this I'm gonna last... say I'm going to say something controversial. I, I'd say his match with Batista is my top five WrestleMania Undertaker matches. I, I don't think that's controversial at all. And if anybody disagrees with that, then yeah. how about that? Right there, that's a middle finger. You like that? <laughs> you like that. You like that? But listen, so they're coming off this amazing match at WrestleMania 23. Stole the show, no doubt about it. That's a fired up Undertaker saying, we should be in the main event. I won the Royal Rumble. Fuck you. And I agree with that. That match should have main event over Sean and Cena. That's a different story for a different day, right? Then they go into this backlash match where they have a draw. Then they go into the steel cage match on SmackDown where they have a draw, right? They're one, they're one win, two draws. Then they go to Cyber Sunday, where Batista finally beats The Undertaker. One win, two draws, one win. Climax is at a Hell in a Cell match. Man, what a great feud these guys had. Like, And then, yeah. Undertaker, you know, Batista, uh, who, who got the win there? Batista beat The Undertaker because Edge uh, interfered in it, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, this what was a great rivalry these guys one had. One of the greatest rivalries of... This is the most underrated of, of, Undertaker rivalry of, the two, of all time. Yeah, right. Of, like, like from 2000 to 2010, it's one of the best feuds running in in that in that era, mm-hmm. without a doubt. I agree. Um, I'm really happy that this is on your list. I'm going to go ahead and say it might be Batista's best feud. Yeah, I would say. I mean, either... and, and that and that's saying something because you know he feuded with Triple H, he feuded with with, with like so many Edge, like so many or Michaels, so many great people. That um. His first feud with Triple H, the slow turn, I think, is his number one. But I think Taker's is number two, uh, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I think so. I, you know, I really like the stuff with Eddie Guerrero before Eddie passed away, and yeah, I too. also, I also really like the stuff with Shawn Michaels, which grossly goes underrated. You know, the "fuck you for retiring" Ric Flair thing. I love yeah. that angle. So until now, you'll notice a lot, like a lot of my matches are like. Everybody thinks of these matches as really violent and, 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 you know, really out there chair shots, whatever. Right. Yeah. But you'll notice the matches I've chosen so far are all post. Um, how do I say this? Benoit era. Like, uh, like, like since like there after Benoit passed away, the rules changed about chair shots and, and, and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, not as much blood and, and chair shots were banned and stuff like that. So you'll, you're seeing what I like in a match because I'm I'm choosing a lot of more current stuff. Like mm-hmm. like I, I went I went what 2015 2016. Yeah. Like that's pretty current, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm finally gonna take a blast of the past and we're gonna go to the year 2000. Okay. And we're gonna see the guy we just talked about, my boy Triple H, as he takes on. Y2J Chris Jericho at fully loaded 2000. So this was the match I asked you about last week, how it held mm-hmm. up. And, and I'm glad to see this one made your list. And I'm surprised. I, I won't use the word surprise, but uh, it was. I am I'll, surprised I'll, it's this low on your list. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It fought with Undertaker Batista. It went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, this is just where it ended up laying by the time we went to air. Yeah. Simple fair. as that. Um, fun match, man. Really fun match. Cool story going into it, which is saying something considering 
You know me. I, you know I'm a big uh, mark for Triple H. I love Triple H. I love the majority of stuff he does. I know you didn't love him in this era. No, but... I loved him. I think this was the best work Triple H ever did in his entire okay. career. The year 2000, it's... right before he tore his quad. See, and the stuff, the stuff I didn't like, I got over the Stephanie stuff really quick. Um, I, I wasn't big on the Stephanie storyline shit, but I this match, it. this match was so good. Um, and Stephanie did a great job. That the story they were telling with Jericho and Stephanie, you uh, filthy, and, you know, dirty, the- disgusting, <laughs> bottom beating, trash bag hole. Listen, that was uh, what the know, year two thousand. And- I yes, just sir. recited that without thinking about that <laughs> since the year 2000 off the top of my head. This angle was fucking over for me to do that. Yes. A hundred percent. The, the, you know, the, Jer- the Jericho laying a kiss on her, uh, the show before and In everything, you know, everything going into this, uh, just made a lot of sense. Um, it was just a fun, violent ass match. Um, uh, Triple H uh, hit a gusher, which was very Triple H at the time. Yeah. So that made that made sense. A uh, lot, lot of uh, just a lot of violence in this match, which you weren't used to seeing from Chris Jericho yet. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, is, I think this is the match to kind of put Jericho on the map in the WWE. I was just about to say that people can say whatever the fuck they want about Triple H not putting people over in the fucking two thousands. I I'm going to call bullshit every time. I think Jericho has guys like Triple H to thank for getting him over in this era. Mm-hmm. Yes. In my, in my opinion, in my opinion, Triple H was the best wrestler in the world in the year 2000. From, thank from, you. From the year, from the beginning of 2000 until he tore his quad, I don't think there was a better wrestler on the planet than Triple H. Now, could, when, I, I when he got awarded the world title in 2002 or three, whatever year that was from Eric Bischoff. Yeah. That's the run I don't like with Triple H, where he beat RVD at Unforgiven, where he beat Kane with that Katie Vick storyline. The Sean stuff was great. Don't get me wrong. I love the Sean stuff. Um, and then, you know, the Booker T stuff. I just didn't enjoy the beginning okay. of, I get of that reign. And I, I think that's fair to say. I don't think I'm the only I, person I think, I think the only I think the only two stories I really legit hated through that whole thing was the Booker T story and the Scott Steiner story. I think yeah. I, I, Come on, you know, Katie Vick. I, but maybe I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Show to you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie and say I and say I loved it because no, I didn't love it, but I don't hate it nearly as much as most people say they do. I I do not like it, but you know, and, and nothing against the guy. I'm just not a huge Kane guy. Hmm. I, I think he, I respect the hell out of him. I love what he's done. I think he's changed the business for the better. And blah blah, but he just wasn't for me. You know what I mean? And the him and Triple H, I just didn't. I didn't like it. And I was already pissed because he didn't put RVD over and blah, blah, blah. That's a different podcast. Now, I'm already wondering. I, I'm already feeling uh, like I, I've made a mistake and maybe I should have flipped triple, this match with the Undertaker match only because the match was great. This is the It's the opposite of the Undertaker match where the Undertaker match was really good and then with a, an amazing finish. The Triple H match was amazing with a meh finish. As far as yeah, I'm concerned, this finish, I, I do remember this finish though. As uh, didn't they do like a, a double back it, suplex? It, they they tried it, yeah, and it just fell flat for me. Like it didn't seem like a finish for me. Triple H barely got up though, right? Like, yeah, I, I thought the finish protected Jericho. That, but that move, that move should not have taken out two people. 
Well, but you got to think I maybe mean, like the, the beating that they put on each other after that point, right? Like how long did they fight for? If you had to take a guess, what was this match? Probably 18 minutes? Uh, give or take. Give yeah. or take, right? Ma- ma- you know ma- I mean? Maybe, yeah, maybe a little over the 20 minute mark. Yeah. So like, you know, this is fully loaded 2000. Yeah. Let, let's say they went 21, 22 minutes. You know what I mean? The beating that they put on and whatnot. Um, I could see it. I could see it. They went 23 minutes and 11 seconds. I just Googled it. All right. Are you ready for the heat? Yeah. You told me your top three that, that you couldn't believe they were your top three and that I was going to hate it. So I'm excited. I'm going to catch so much heat from everybody for this because I'll tell you why. My top three, they're not the ones that come through your head. And it's not, you know, there's no, there's no Stone Cold Steve Austin's and, and Rocks. And, you know, there's no, no. massive, uh, 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 you know, m- you know, bigger than life stars in these matches. They're just amazing matches. And I feel All like the cra- oh, that's going to make the respect even better for that fight. All the criteria that I told you I wanted in these matches are in, are in these matches. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be matches you're I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. I all three of these matches I never watched until I prepped for this list. I love so it. there there is a good chance that you have not seen these matches. Um, and I have now that I've watched them, I've watched them all three times to make Damn. sure just to make sure. That I wasn't, you know, you know, sometimes you have that like first match love. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it kind of wears on you. No, man, these are my top three. Nothing's going to change that. And uh, I'm going to stand my ground on these. My number three came from NXT UK just last year or 19, I think 2019. Uh, It was TakeOver Cardiff. And we we're going to Dave Mastiff versus Joe Coffee. Wow. Okay. I, I love this. Have you Dave, seen this match, Tyler? I have not. I highly suggest it. Um, right from the bat, these guys, it's a very physical match. They're not even in the fucking ring for two, three minutes. When Mastiff hits Coffee with an Irish whip so fucking hard that when he hits the turnbuckles, the ring fucking implodes. Does it make a like the the does it like a Bret Hart like great bump? Explain that. Bret Hart's the king of the turnbuckle bump, so like he's my goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bump. Yeah, yes. No, no, he does not take a Bret Hart turnbuckle bump. No, no not he, not even front base, but like like when Bret would hit the turnbuckle, he would make you feel like his whole body fell yes, apart and died. But that no nobody does like that Brett. And I'm not going to even pretend like Joe Coffey did that like Brett. Nobody does that like Brett. But Joe Coffey hits it so hard that the fucking ring, like all, like the turnbuckle falls off. You know? Um, and that sets the standard for this match. And then, of course, Dave Massive takes that fucking turnbuckle on the big metal rod and uses it as a weapon. And, you know, it's, uh, and that, that's just sets the standard for what they are going to do for the rest of this match. Um, let's see. Uh, sorry, I'm looking at the rest of my notes here. Now, now they're in writing, so I can't read my own writing. <laughs> what are you, doctor? One of the great things about this match is there's a lot of wrestling involved. Okay. A, a lot of suplexes, a lot of power bombs, a lot of, you know, uh, a, lot, a lot of holds, a lot of stuff like that. You're, you're trying to wear your fucking opponent down, right? They're not, 
there are weapons involved, but they're not just going for the weapons, which I love. Um, speaking of the weapons, they do get a point, and it's UK, man. It's the, it's the UK, so you got to do something special, right? So uh, the first weapon that comes into play is a cricket bat. I love that. And holy fuck, does that look like it hurts? <laughs> yeah, those uh, things are solid. At one point, a, uh, um, a pool cue and some pool balls come into play. That's pretty fun. A uh, lot of a uh, lot, lot of table spots. There's a uh, a great spot where the table unfortunately doesn't break. He does like a a rolling a mastiff does a rolling senton, and the table doesn't break. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, can you just imagine like how much that hurts without the the, the give? Um, finally, they end up both going through a table. Uh, coffee ends up getting up, and coffee wins. But it's just a very physical, um, very fun, very entertaining, uh, 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 very. Imagine if Brett and Owen had a last man standing match in 1994. That's what I would. That, that's what they would have done. I love match. that. You know, I got to tip my cap to you, man. I really respect the fact that this match is on your list. Um, I know who Joe Coffey is. I've, I've never heard of Dave Miles before. I'm going to be totally honest with you guys i don't watch nxc uk it's just too much wrestling too little time uh yeah not that i don't respect what they do i just don't have now, time to watch it and i went into this already knowing these guys because and i don't watch uk either but um i i've been off the product for the last couple of years but i was a big fan of icw for many many years yeah. so and that's where a lot of these guys came from icw so i already had a good understanding of especially joe coffee uh so so mm-hmm. i had that going for me but yeah. man, even if, even if you don't know the guys, watch the match. It's so fun. I will um, watch this match. I, I have no doubt that you and your love for that style of wrestling, you're going to love this match. I'm very excited for this. And I, I like I said, man, this is why I respect what you've done this week. And I wanted to put you over at the beginning of this. You fucking did your homework, man. And, and I really the, did. I did my homework. Thing. I did my homework so much that I, I, that I even stepped out of the WWE. That what your number two is going to be. And I went over to Impact Wrestling, then known as Total Nonstop Action. And my number two is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels versus the phenomenal AJ Styles. I'm very glad this match is on your list. I've never watched this match in its entirety. I've watched like the, the YouTube highlight packages of it. These guys, yeah. the, first of the, all, the, these the, guys have the, such the a finish, great rivalry. The finish is famous, but the match itself is so good. Yeah. So good. And, and and you just hit it on the head there. This this feud, I love. I You can't put those guys in a ring together and not get magic. And I mean, whether they're, because they have a very famous tag team. So whether or not they're, they're tagging or, or wrestling against each other, Man. everything Styles and Dangles does is magic. Can we talk about their very underrated and forgotten tag team feud against LAX and TNA? Oh, for sure. Oh, man. They had that's some one, amazing one of my, matches. One of my favorite tag team feuds in India. I am a big fan of tag team wrestling. I didn't know if you knew I'm, that or not. I'm, oh, I'm going to go ahead and say that, uh, you know, I don't care what you say about Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe. It doesn't matter to me. Um, Christopher Daniels is the best opponent AJ Styles ever had. Yeah, I, I think you got to fight him and Kurt Angle. I really do. I, I think I, I think you can flip a coin on that one, man. Christopher Daniels, 
and 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 the history though. I, you know I, I mean? think Christopher Daniels is one of the most underrated wrestlers in the history of professional wrestling. I agree with uh, you. I, I the, think him and the, Robert the, Strong are the two guys that never will get their the proper fact, just due. Yeah. I love that the, he came the, back. I, I, I think there's still too. I think there's still time for Roderick Strong. There's still I think there still is time for his story to be told. Um Christopher Daniels, unfortunately, I look he's in his forties, right? Hey man, he just made his return to impact wrestling. Yeah, very true. I love seeing that. Loves. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the, this match, go ahead and watch. I'm not going to spoil too much of it because you haven't seen it, but, uh, let, I will because you, you have seen the finish. Let's spoil the finish. Um, the finish is one of the coolest things you've ever seen. You could not pay me a million dollars to take this finish, by the way. The styles clash, the styles clash already scares the shit out of me. I don't think, like, if I was ever a wrestler and you told me you're, fi- you're facing AJ Styles tonight. I'd be shitting my pants the whole match if I knew I was losing, especially because I, 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 no fucking way do I want to take that move. I hate that. I, I just be shitting my it pants looks, because of how good he is and how terrible I would it, be. <laughs> it, it looks beautiful, but it's also the kind of move like he's hurt people with it. And, and yeah, but that's and, their fault, right? Just you don't have to move. Don't move. Yeah. The people that tuck their head are the ones that get fucked up, right? But that goes against everything you're trained. Like your head is exactly. Bump. Yeah. It's, it's a scary move. And then <laughs> you set it up on top of a stage, off the stage through a fucking table. Are you high? <laughs> Wild, eh? That shows how much, like, those two guys, not only do they, they have a great view, it shows that they are great friends because how much deceit do you need to fucking trust AJ to do that move? Man, Christopher Daniels is one of the guys that put AJ Styles on the map. 100%. You know what I mean? Him, 100%. Loki, Jerry Lynn. Yeah. And then Samoa Joe, obviously, you put in there as well. Those are the guys that in Impact and TNA Wrestling at the time, mm-hmm. those guys are, are, to me, when when you like, you know, TNA Wrestling, Jerry Lynn, Loki, uh, Christopher Daniels, um, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, all these guys are the guys that I think about first. And, and what could have been of that company, you know what I mean? Like, they should be AW right now. All right, buddy. (laughs) Are you ready? I don't have a clue what your number one is. Are you ready for your mind to get fucking blown? Because this blew my mind. When I watched this match, I could not believe this match has no business being as good as it was. No business whatsoever. On paper, number one. one, one, On paper, you're saying this match is going to be good. This match, this match might make my list, maybe. And then you're like, holy fuck, that's the best match I've watched so far. You're killing me, man. Give Hands it down. Me. Give it to me. What is it? And the and the biggest surprise of all is this match happened during the Thunderdome era of wrestling. During the What is that? We are going to NXT TakeOver. And we are doing... Raquel Gonzalez versus Rhea Ripley. Okay. No, I'm sorry. It's yeah. not takeover. It's not takeover. It was not takeover. It was New Year's Evil. It was. It was. It was not an, a pay per view. It was. A, it was. An, it was a episode of NXT. It was their New Year's episode. Okay. I'm, I'm corrected. I've never but seen this. Match. Rhea Ripley. I, I had a feeling you hadn't, but you need to do yourself a favor and watch it. I cannot. Rhea's the champ here? Uh, yeah. Okay. 
the things these women did in this match prove why women's wrestling should no longer be called women's wrestling anymore. We've said this a thousand times on this show. It's just wrestling. These yeah. two women went out and proved why in this match. Um, Man, I'm pumped up. I haven't, pumped up. I haven't, I haven't watched a whole lot of Raquel Gonzalez um, in, in my time, to be honest. But she, but she really impressed me in this. I love Rhea Ripley, so I, I was already sold that you know this was going to be a decent match. Uh, we get we get a run in at one point from Dakota Kai. She she uh, you know she gets involved. But uh, the match, I'm not going to spoil the spots. I don't, because I, I, I bet you a lot of people listening to the show have not seen this match. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, go and watch it because it is my number one. Even if Charlotte and Becky made their way on this list, I don't think they'd be beating this out. Yeah, fair. Fair. I cannot excited, believe man. how good this match is. What a great number one. What a, what a deep cut. I respect. I can't believe how good this match is. Uh, it's it's just ridiculous. I I, I could. Uh, well, Rhea was the monster in NXT at this time, and and Raquel was her equal. You know, she was the same build as Rhea. They're they're if anyone could give push Rhea to her limits, it's Raquel, right? And I I feel like I, I you know this is January. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head here. Um, I feel like this is a type of match that push Raquel to get to the level where she is now to be the NXT World Champion. That's if probably put eyes me, on her, right? If, we, if you would have told me that the best last man standing match I'll, I'll ever watch happened in the year 2021, I would have fucking laughed my balls off at you. <laughs> like, like this, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, especially, you know, a match that happens during the Thunderdome. During, you know, the, none of this should be should be talked about right now. Two women on an NXT brand. Not on a pay-per-view, just on a on a weekly television show in front of a virtual audience during a pandemic had the best last man standing match that in my in my personal opinion. That's amazing. Now you might watch it and be like, okay, it's good, but it's not number one. And and I wouldn't fault you for that. But I challenge you to go watch both this match. And the Mastiff versus Coffee match, and okay. tell me that they don't at least belong on this list. Listen, everybody that's listening right now, hit us up www.countout7.com. There's a place where you can message us. You want to hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at countout7. Do that too. I want to hear what you guys have to say about this. I will watch his matches and I will get back to you on this for sure. For okay. sure. Absolutely. Now, I know now, you've been a busy man, I know you were going to watch something. Uh, whatever, actually, let's scratch that. Let's scratch that. What's what's that? Oh, I forgot, and I can't pull my phone up because my battery died. But I know you said you're okay. gonna you're gonna watch something and tell me this week there was an unforgiven match. Did you have a chance to watch that? No, because I've been whatever. Yeah, I, you watched 37 yeah. matches. We'll come back. Yeah. We'll come back <laughs> to that. I will try to watch these matches. I want to know. I want to hear from the counted out crew, the COCs out there, all of our cocks out there. I want to hear from them. Right. I want to hear from you guys, Mike. I gotta tell you, man. This is some of the best work you've done on Counted Out for sure. Now, you before we is... got into this, before we got into this, you asked me the matches that I was most surprised not to have put on my list. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, and I, and I, I want to start off the honorable mentions with something because I didn't want to lead off with this okay. because it, I, I didn't want people to know it wasn't on my list. 
But sitting there right now in front of me, are you surprised that I did not talk about Rock Mankind in 1999? Um, no, I'm not. I'm okay. not. I'm not. I, uh... I, my memories of it are a lot different than what I watched. Is that same Valentine's Day Massacre? Yes. Double no finish. I know I it wouldn't be. And, and I hate, and I hate the double no finish, especially if you're, you're billing it as the very first last man standing match. And that's what you do. Yeah. Especially, com- especially coming off a month after that, after the screwy finish of, uh, of the I quit match and, yeah. you know, leading up to WrestleMania and now Mick Foley's not even going to be in WrestleMania or well, yeah. not in the, not in the main event. Anyways, it, like, the booking was was so fucking all over the place in 1999, wasn't it? Yep, I agree with you. Hit hit the people up with a couple more mentions. I gotta take one more piss because I've drank 19 drinks today. I'm dying here. But hit hit us up with some more mentions. Carry the show so I don't. Okay, no, so you're gonna have to edit it because uh, I don't have them in front of me. <laughs> oh, well, so, well, in that case, then uh, if we don't if you don't have them in front of you, well, no, no, I thought you would have some. So no, I don't. I don't right. have any other mentions. Uh, okay, I, well, I, I, just, I gotta. I got a few, so I'll, I'll, okay. I'll hit them pull up. them up. Pull them up here, and we'll we'll pull up your honorable mentions. Uh, I, I'm not surprised by that because I don't remember that match being the best match in the rivalry here. So you you take it away with the honorable mentions. I'll All be right. right back. All right. So my uh, my honorable mentions. I really enjoyed Triple H versus Randy Orton in 2007. Not enough to get on the list, but I did enjoy it. Um, John Cena versus Edge at Backlash 09. Again, not good enough to be on the list, but it was a good match. Uh... Triple H versus Ric Flair. I put it as an honorable mention, but it, it never, ever had a chance to get on the list. John Cena versus Umaga. It was a big contender for the number seven. But um, I have a couple that I want to talk about that I really didn't like. But we're going to get there. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens was okay. Um, and then I think think oh john and then john cedar versus batista was uh was another one that was really good um at extreme rules and there who's that is that lucy or or maya <laughs> if if you're watching this on youtube a cat just went across the screen if you're listening on the uh on the headset you know why i'm laughing now um let's see if i if i missed any uh no, there. Let's be perfectly honest, guys. There was a lot of crappy last man standing matches out there. Um, I watched ten last man standing matches from um, from uh, Impact or, uh, or TNA, and all but one sucked. Uh, so uh, I can tell you, there was a lot of really shitty ones. And I'm going to talk about it now that now that Tyler's back. I'm <laughs> well, Tyler's kind of back. Now that Tyler's back, I'm going to talk about three matches that didn't even have a chance to make it on because they suck so bad but uh um, time man i have not drank well, as much as i've well, night in a while the seal is we full. that's all right man we had a new star we got we had a run in hmm did lucy the cat run in we, yeah lucy lucy what made a, a treat run yeah i'm not i want to talk i'm not adding this week i want to talk about a couple things that, that disappointed me okay i'm interested um from the from the the November tenth Raw two thousand eight Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels in the UK yeah you um, said this one the match itself was okay it wasn't fantastic but it was okay uh, but the the finish really pissed me off because I think they could have done a lot more with it 
um, uh, they did this finish where Sean hits um, Chris Jericho with a super kick. Chris hits the hits the outside of the ring, mind you. Chris hits the apron, and then out of nowhere, JBL pops up and fucking smacks Michaels across the head, and Michaels is gone. Michaels is out. Um, Jericho falls over, and then the referee's counting. He gets up in time, and Sean doesn't. Chris wins. Listen, if you're going to give Chris the win anyways, I think it would have been such a better heel win if when he hit that the edge of the ring and was like kind of leaned up there, he should have never fallen over. Yeah, I I agree with that. Leave him propped up, and he's out cold, literally on his feet. And that's how he wins the match. Like, and, 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 and he was being pushed. This is cold breaker fucking Jericho, right? So this, this is like big fucking heel Jericho. Yeah. It would have made sense. Uh, I don't know. Um, another match. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, that's fine. Looking for another match. Like I said, while you were gone, uh, Triple H versus Ric Flair was okay. Not as good yeah. as I wanted it to be. Yeah, I agree with that. Here's a match. Maybe I, I maybe it's just because I didn't like the feud. I don't know, but the match fell flat for me, and that uh, really flat for me. It didn't even get an honorable mention, and that's AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, I'm with you on that too. I, I was very just underwhelmed with their WWE feud, and I don't think I'm the only person there. Um, another one is uh, John Cena versus uh, uh, Bray Wyatt at Payback. Just kind of, I didn't yeah. like the whole. After Cena beat him at Manny, I lost him. Yeah. You know, did uh, Edge and Cena not have a last man standing match? That was good. They did, yeah, they did, yeah. I mentioned it in my honorable mentions. Yeah, I, I and then the then the last one I want to mention, just because I I remember watching it with a bunch of buddies, watching it with friends of the show Adam and a bunch of other friends, and I remember just being so disappointed in it. And that's uh, from NXT Takeover Brooklyn Four, Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano. Yeah, I think it was the weakest of their matches. It was it was long, it was drawn out, it was boring, and they didn't do anything that uh, that wowed me. Um, and maybe it's because I, you know, they had so many amazing matches, and then well, this the NXT like, guys, man, they should rebrand that whole thing. A bunch of failures, eh? <laughs> so, so that, so that's it. That's my list, man. That's uh, that's what I got this week. I got to put you over this week, man. You did a great fucking Can, job. Can we go? Uh, I want to do things a little backwards before we uh, we sign off this week. Yeah. Usually we hit we hit on the news at the top of the show usually, and there's something we forgot to talk about. Um, not only did we forget to talk about it today, we forgot to talk about this last week too, and it has to be fucking talked about. Can we really? Can we give a really quick shout out to Option C? This is uh, our boy Josh Alexander. Our boy Josh Alexander relinquishing the X Division title to cash in a shot at bound for glory against Christian cage. What great storytelling impact is doing right now with this. And everybody help his wife out. Jade Chung. Jade Chung is trying to get the bound for glory. She's auctioning off all of her gear. Have you seen this? Who's this? His wife. I don't know much about his wife. His wife was uh, uh, the ring of honor manager, Jade Chung from the embassy. Um, She's she wants to go to Bound for Glory to watch him in the biggest match of his career, but oh. uh, she they're, they're, they're trying to raise money to do it, so she's auctioning off all of her stuff on eBay. Check it oh. out, uh, help her out, you know what I mean? You if think you, you think you, you think Bound you think Impact would just fly her the fuck in? 
That's what you'd think, but she's trying to raise about 500 bucks, so it's nothing too crazy. We can help her get there. But uh, Jesus, for the uh, the amount of indie shows Josh does, you think he could fucking afford it? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I'm pumped up about this. Josh and Christian. Too, man. I, I wish it was Josh and Kenny. I really wish it was Josh and Kenny, but it's I, not. I get it, but I'm like, I can't live in that world, man. I can't live in that world of, you know, oh, man. I, I'm not going to let what we're not getting destroy what we are getting. And Listen, Josh getting, and Christian is going to be awesome. Christian exactly. is awesome. And that's not a knock on Christian. I just like, uh, when, when I take a look perfectly at honest, some of the best work Christian ever did in his career was in that company. Absolutely. I think it is the best work he's done in his career. Minus the Edge and Christian tag team. I, yeah. I think his singles run in, in TNA is fantastic work. I so love the throwback and being the champion again. Yes, I, I, I just, love it. I just, um, when you look at this forbidden door shit and whatever they're doing, uh, when you put the belt on Kenny, I would have liked to have seen them drop the belt to an impact guy instead of yeah. an AEW guy. Oh, That's me being nitpicky. But if you're, uh, I'm not going to complain about Josh and Christian, and I'm going to watch the match, and I can't wait to watch the match, and I'm praying that they put the belt and strap the rock into Josh Alexander. I, uh, at the end of the day, I think that was Tony Khan being uh, being picky, being uh, you know, because because he had final say of who uh, who Kenny lost to. You mentioned so, something earlier in the show though about an organic build. There's nobody in the present day that's had a bigger organic build than Josh Alexander. Exactly, he's just been there like since the since since. The time the North stopped being the North, Josh's stock is even with the North. And even before, they were the biggest, I'm going to say one of the biggest tag teams in the history of that company. I agree. You know, 100%. um, Great feuds, great matches. They were a great team. I will not take that away from the North. But as good as the North was, Josh is just something special on his own. Maybe we do an uh, Instagram live show for Bound for Glory this year if we have a day off. Maybe we do, yeah. It's not we a bad love Josh. Uh, Yeah, that's October 8th. Uh, is it? I'm not too sure the uh, date. We'll have to ask. All re- all, already it's October, so which means I know I don't have enough. <laughs> yeah, that so, means that. So that's not happening. I'll, I will be at Barry Wrestling on uh, so I will yeah. have the day off. So I get my uh, I get my my work schedules a month in, a month in advance. So I already know I do not have any weekends off in October. So, wow, wow. But then again, I might have an evening off. Who knows? We'll Ooh, see. What a treat. I'll, I'll try not to drink 1,500 White Claws and cottage drinks this time. I remember even talking to you. <laughs> see, at least I can drink 22 Coronas and still fucking remember the night sort of kind of maybe. I mean, I did interview Rory Fox and I blacked out and don't remember but, anything. But did you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was there. God, I love Roy. I gotta say hello to Roy soon. I haven't talked to him in a while. But either way, uh, I digress. Uh, we talk about la- next week's show. La- la- last thing to talk about before we move on, lad, just because you brought up Rory, which makes me think of Matt Cardona. Ooh. And uh, uh, let 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 me say how awesome it is that Matt Cardona is not done putting over GCW. Yeah, he's still in there. Matt, not only is he still in there, he's still putting over these amazing guys. Man, he goes over. And for the first time in 10 years, puts his internet title on the line against Effie and loses it. I love it. And Effie, to me, in my in, in my uh, personal opinion, Effie is the second biggest star in GCW, second only to Nick Gage himself. Nick fucking Gage. Nick fucking Gage. Uh, 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 you know, you, you, the only other guy who gets... The only guy who gets popped almost as much as Nick Gage does is Effie. 
So to have him have that internet title, you know, you know, they're not done, you know? So that's, that's so great. I love it. I, I, you, I love it. Good on Mac Cardona. Would you say that um, since it's the internet title that uh, Nick Gage and Effie and Mac Cardona are internet darlings? I fucking hate you sometimes. Segway, 1995. I, Who was the internet darling in, <laughs> in 1995? Sonny? Oh, Emily Anderson. <laughs> well, I was going to say uh, maybe uh, the person that we're going to talk about next week was an internet darling in 1995. He was kind of a loose cannon. Nick Gage is kind of a loose cannon. I'm still saying Pamela Anderson. He was full cannons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah man i i'm so excited for this let's uh let's talk about this booker next man. week on canada with mike and tyler i am going to be talking about the legendary brian pillman i'm going to be counting down his top seven career moments slash matches whatever it may be uh this is this is a hard one man he's had a lot of cool stuff i love brian pillman uh everything he's done and I, I can't wait to dive into this one. I've already started my research on it. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about what I've got so far, but I'm going to dig a little bit deeper because that's what we do on this show. Brian's so, coming next week. And it's close to the anniversary of his passing. It is, yeah. So I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, uh, you didn't know I was going to do this. I'm calling out friend of the show. Uh, I know she listens. She must listen every week because she loves us so much. Broadwin Billington, come on, hook us up. Get us, get us Brian Pillman Jr. on the show, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll send her a message to see what I can yeah. do. But, uh, yeah. And yeah, by yeah. the way, cheers to Broadwin. What a beautiful human being she is. I love her. Her and I have become such great friends. I love Broadwin. <laughs> She's going to get you a divorce one day. I'm telling you. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> No, Brown's <laughs> great. Uh, and then stay tuned because I, I would love to get Brown to come on the Class Match Crossroom one day because she's been on our show. And I think it would yep. be cool to talk about Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid, by the way. For sure, yeah. But uh, that's a different show for a different channel and a different time and a different place. And this is Count Out with Mike and Tyler, www.countoutwithmikeandtyler. Mike, mad respects to I, this week. I, great I, don't think I, I don't think I've ever had you not complain about my list at all. Yeah. Like at all. This is amazing. I'm very happy. I'm very much looking forward to your, your list next week. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I'm really excited to dive into Brian Pillman. He's one of my favorites of all time. And, you know, as I'm wearing a Cincinnati Bengals jersey, Brian Pillman is the reason why I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. And I will tell that story Cincinnati next week Bengals. if I remember. Yeah. Right? Remind me to tell that story next week. I'm going to try all to make right. a note. My phone's dead now, but I'll try to make a note. Right on. And we'll, we, and we'll make a shout out to a friend of the show, Jonah Williams <laughs> from the Cincinnati Bengals. He's going to open our show next week. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, All right. See the cat behind a shit in the room where I'm recording right now. So, Mike, <laughs> wrap us up because I'm dying in here. On behalf of the, uh, of the hardest, longest, most in-depth in list I've ever done in my life. We have been counted out. Who day bangles. Cheers. <laughs>